Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. to get them. 
to me, that's easier to live with in life if you're wrong. I mean, I'm looking at this more as a decision-making thing. The Eagles are kind of saying, oh, yeah, we're cool with either one. Just send us the one you don't want. I mean, I don't like that for what they gave up. I got this kind of look on it. Sometimes that might save you from yourself. Maybe the guy you really, really want is the guy you probably shouldn't have, and you should take that other guy. How about that one? Oh, well, sure. But then now what you're asking for, you gave up all that for luck. You bought a lottery ticket. So I'm just saying they get each team gave up a ton. So I don't like either trade long term unless these guys, and we've talked about this and we'll hit on it today as we go through the quarterbacks, unless they become perennial Pro Bowl quarterbacks three years down the road, these trades are going to look bad. If these guys are just guys even, if they're just guys running around out there, you know, serviceable quarterbacks, middle of the road, th- th- those trades won't look good. Because as you always talked about, we talked about this years ago, I think it was the RG3 trade. That hampers your ability to put the talent around the guy real quickly. So what happens is, yeah, you got your guy, but you gave up so much that you've depleted your resources. You put him in a hole to right put, away. Yeah, to put guys around him. The team that did the best job recently at least the way it looks going into this season and filling that need at a young quarterback uh, with a young quarterback is the way the Raiders kind of did it. They went out, they got a Derek Carr who was a very successful college quarterback um, at Fresno state, but they had, they didn't use a very high pick on him. I think he was second round, maybe late first. I forget right now, but anyway, uh, they've surrounded him with pieces. He's got a go-to receiver, Amari Cooper. He's got, uh, the big back and Murray, and frankly, there's there's talk that where the Raiders are picking this year and what they've done in free agency, they may look running back early if Elliott were to fall down the board. I've heard that you know the Raiders may may grab a guy like him. So I, I like the way they put that team together. That's just my philosophy. I I, I don't like saying I traded a, a ton of resources to get the quarterback, but now what? Who's the receiver? Who's well, the running back? You know Who's what, the tight end? Samuel, you forget an important fact. Uh, with with the Raiders is that they sucked so bad that they kept having those high round picks. It really helps when you can do that. Well, sure, and you know what, the Rams have sucked bad for a long time too, but they kept picking defensive players. Uh true. I mean, they, they haven't sucked as bad as the Raiders. Well, nobody sucked as bad as the Raiders the last ten years. Did you see their winning percentage going into this year? It was something like thirty six percent over the last decade. Horrible, but I I like the future for the Raiders, though. You know, I like what I like the way that they're building it. Oh no! I it's, uh, hey, listen, we're on the same page there. I mean, uh, at least you know you never know how these things unfold and guys regress or whatever. But on paper, where they're going, I like it. I, I do too. I mean, I think you know I think they added some pieces in free agency. Probably overspent a little bit, but they have a lot of cap room, so they can do that. You know, you got to keep an eye on that cap. What, what a lot of fans forget is the Raiders have a lot of cap room, but they also have some guys that, that are, are cheap on that cap right now that are going to get some big pay increases. For instance, if Derek Carr continues as he's playing, and we're seeing what quarterbacks, what average quarterbacks are getting paid, Derek Carr is going to be in for a big payday. He's not costing them anything right now by NFL standards. He's a second-round pick, yeah. right? Late first. So and I'll dare say this. Get, yes. And I'll dare say this. That uh, a big part of that, I truly believe, is that he wasn't a top five pick. That thing is really pressurized. You really have to, as a franchise, think about that player that you're bringing in. And you have to be um, so sold on them 
on their mental aspect and their mental capacity to pick them in that top five, even all the way out to ten, because the pressure on them is going to be enormous. Uh, anything less than the best is just going to be an avalanche, especially in this type of media world that we have today, that even a guy who was who, who could be good can just fall to pieces because of just the amount of attacks that come at a guy who was taken that high. I truly believe that. But, uh, but I think you also have to, I think you have to put a little uh, caveat with that. I feel it's more so at quarterback, and we're going to talk about that today. Um, other positions, and, and I don't mean, well, I guess I do mean it, but I'm sorry the truth hurts sometimes. Most fans don't know what they're watching with other positions. So, for instance, you could take a left tackle second in the draft, your average fan, unless the guy's just getting whipped for sacks like like crazy, he doesn't even know if the mm. guy's playing well. He's not paying attention. Right. Right. So, right. Uh, I, I a agree. quarterback. I, that's the point yeah. I'm making. That it is. Uh, it's extra extra on quarterbacks when you're taking that high. I mean, that's the most analyzed position, if not in uh, you know, if, if not in all sports, certainly in 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 this sport. That they just analyze everything. Yeah, well, plus, your that. wife watches enough football because of your son. She could sit there and watch the quarterback and tell us if he if he looks terrible. I mean, she watches enough football. Sure, everyone I mean, the quarterback has touches, Yeah. The quarterback touches the ball every play. You can't help but see the quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, you've got to have a guy who's very mentally strong to be taken that high because there's going to be ups and downs. I don't care how good a guy is. I mean, remember Peyton Manning's first couple of years in the NFL. He threw a ton of interceptions. Yeah, 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 no doubt about that. So um, just something for us, I guess, to to be thinking about is where these guys were taken and then what's, you know, going to happen to them. We've watched and seen that quite a bit. That's a big part of this thing. I don't think people even really think about that part of it. Where you're taken has a lot to do uh, with, you know, your performance in the NFL, both what franchise picks you up because you can go to a crappy franchise you know, you can end up in a Cleveland where just nothing seems to work out for anyone. Or you could be taken really, really high in the draft and just mentally you're not ready for that. And, uh, that's something we're going to talk about probably in uh, towards the end of the segment. You know what I want to do, Emil? Let's, let's take a look at the list. And I happen to have a list here in front of us. I kind of want to start at the bottom of the list. You know, uh, the websites out here that will rank quarterbacks all the way out to as far as you want to go. I'll start down here at 25 and maybe we'll pop through some of these names. 25. Wow, you got a big list. This I can't wait to hear. Go ahead. I got a big list. I don't have an opinion on Chucky Keaton out of Utah State, number 25 on this list. And um, I'm coming from WalterFootball.com, a very comprehensive site with a lot of information. Uh, They do a really good job. Uh, Max Wittick out of Hawaii is number 24. You stop me if you hear someone here. West Lunt. Well, Wittick Wittick was a former USC guy, by the way. Um, So. I, I know a little bit about him. I I, you know, I saw a couple of his games at Hawaii. Uh, you know, he's got a big arm and, you know, some, mm. some decent size, prototypical size. Uh, you know, at USC, he struggled. Uh, it's hard to get a real, you know, gauge on a guy out at Hawaii in the Mountain West. So, you know, I mean, I don't know, 24 is probably a good, you know, he, that what they're basically saying is he's either going to be a, a highly sought-after, unrestricted free agent or a seventh-round draft pick, and that's probably about right. Yeah, I mean, because he struggled at Hawaii last year, completing less than 50% of his passes, and uh, I think he doubled his inter- his uh, his touchdowns with interceptions. So 
Not the look that you want. West Lunt out of Illinois. Not a whole lot has gone on in Illinois. Everett Golson, though, um, came in to Florida State, heralded, left Notre Dame. Uh, some things were expected out of him. It didn't really work out that way. He had an injury. He didn't look all that great when he was in there. Let's just ask about, I mean, should he have stayed at Notre Dame probably and battled it out with the, with the guy that did he make the right move and lead? Probably so. I mean, if you take a look at Notre Dame, um, and I, it was Zaire the kid. He was the lefty that got hurt last year, and then the other kid stepped in. So, you know, he was in basically a three-way battle there. I mean, at the end of the day, there was a couple kids mm-hmm. there that, uh, probably would have pushed him out anyway. I'm not sure what, you know, uh, Goldson is a, is a pretty good athlete. I'm not sure if he doesn't change positions in the NFL. He was a turnover machine as a quarterback. Um, and as you yeah, always say, that's a, that's a, yeah, he's also six foot one, 185 pounds, man. That's, that, I don't care what school you came from. There was going to be a ton of scrutiny. So uh, that's a big problem for him. Here's a kid at number 20. I'm going to skip over Joel Stav at, at uh, Wisconsin. Uh, I know the kid personally. I've known him since high school. Had a chance to go watch him in person, much to my chagrin, uh, in the Citrus Bowl as they beat the heck out of my son's school, Florida Gators. But Jake Rudock in that game looked like a NFL quarterback. 6'3", 208 pounds, but playing in that pro system um, from Jim Harbaugh, and he looked the part of an NFL quarterback. And I think, you know, he's not – he's probably a free agent or a late-round pick. I think he could be a surprise for somebody. He's one of my lottery tickets in my draft strategy. He's a kid that um, sixth round on, I I wouldn't – you know, if I'm a GM, I'm just taking him and seeing what happens. Uh, You know how I feel about taking a quarterback every year, and I I totally agree with you. He's got the size – um, he, he did a nice job at Michigan this year, especially with Harbaugh. I think I think he'll do a good, really good job for somebody if he's coached up. So uh, yeah, I, I like I like your your thinking there with him. Yeah. Now here's a, here's one that probably deserves some discussion here. Way down at number 19 um, is the kid out of TCU, Trayvon Boykin. Emily played. Four years, okay, started mm-hmm. the last two, started, I think, uh, a great amount of games his sophomore season at TCU. His team has been enormously successful. Um, he put up 33 touchdowns and 10 interceptions as a junior, had all the hype coming into this senior year, all, you know, every all eyes on him, especially from a defensive standpoint. Now, granted, played in the Big 12, so defense is a cuss word, but came back with all of that attention on him, and put up similar numbers to he did the year before. 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, was superb. Even came out with a higher quarterback rating. So, Emil, tell me why Trayvon Boykin is way down at number 19 on the list. Is it because he's 6'2", well, 12? That's one. I mean, you know, there'll always be, like, like I say, the outliers are where people love to run to to tell you why something can work. And, yeah, Drew Brees isn't that big. I, I understand neither is Russell Wilson. But the NFL is not littered with six-foot quarterbacks that are tearing it up. It's littered with guys that are 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, you know, so that's number one. Number two, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me, didn't he have some issues with the law in January or February? Yeah, I, I mean, look. Nothing out of this world, but, yeah, a little bit of a problem. 
But nineteen. Well, again, you get I mean, you get the benefit of the doubt when 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 you when you're built like Peyton Manning, and you look the part before you do when you're sick. I mean, if you're six foot, two hundred pounds, and getting in bar fights, you're not getting a lot of benefit of the doubt because you need they were already kind of hesitant. Well, no, I don't mean choir boy. I mean like if he was six five, two twenty, he might be getting more more uh, benefit of the doubt because he looked the part of an NFL quarterback. They're already hesitant on the guy because of his size. And then when you go and you, you know, you get in some bar fights and show some poor judgment, now it just pushes you further down the list. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Right. Um, sure. I mean, you already had a handicap, and you know, you may have taken the other hand and put it behind your back. So, right. um, yeah, right. I understand that, but man, way down here at number 19, I guess, I guess that's okay. Jacob Coker at 16. What do you do with this kid? Um, obviously team wildly successful. You did have a Heisman trophy winner in the backfield. Do you just cancel him out because of that? Look at the measurable six, five, 236 pounds. Um, fairly good decision makers. He showed this year, which is again, easy when you have, um, a real dominant running back, but you know, manage things very well. And sometimes some teams just want that. Do you take a chance on this kid, Jacob Coker? Uh, I mean, uh, he played at Alabama, and he's a winner. So that's obviously you get some points for that. At, at Alabama, I'm not sure they get the best quarterback coaching necessarily. Yeah, I know Kiffin's there. Kiffin's a play caller. No doubt about that, but I'm not so sure he's been coached up at that, or that Saban cares that much. You know, it's like complete some passes so my offensive line can bludgeon you to death. So, you know, so could he be coached up in the pros? Perhaps, but he showed some questionable, you know, at different times uh, decision making. Uh, now he did play well, or, or at least not fairly well. Let's put it that way in the championship game. Uh, I don't know. I'd take a shot on him, but again, he's another one where it's it's a lottery ticket. He's got to be sixth round, seventh round, unrestricted free agent. I'm not I'm not taking him before the sixth round. Yeah, you draft you you, you would you draft this guy though? Sixth round on, sure. Yeah, I mean he's got the he's got the the measurables. Obviously, two major schools you know, went and recruited the kid between Florida State and Alabama. So so two different sets of coaches saw something there uh, at, at schools that do a lot of winning. So, yeah, I mean, I take a shot on him sixth round on. Let's talk sure. about your guy out of your school, Cody Kessler. Um, I want to say a little bit maligned. I think he, he's taken some criticism um, last year and over the years that I don't know that was uh, all – all that necessary. Six one two twenty four. Three year starter. I listen. There's one big thing for me when it comes to drafting quarterbacks, and that is experience. Okay, we, the NFL is like kind of one of these places where, uh, in every other walk of life, you go in, you're trying to get yourself a job. They want to know your experience. They're hammering you over the head with your experience, and the NFL seems to be one of these places where that, for some. Godforsaken reason can get thrown out of the window sometimes. Like we'll take a guy who blew up in one year and think that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and we'll just ignore the fact that no, he doesn't have a three, four, five-year resume. He just really got big time last year. Josh Norman is the latest, um, you know, example of that. Really became big time last year. Now the uh, Redskins want to throw out seventy-five million dollars, fifty guaranteed to this guy. 
And I've seen this done in the draft as well. A guy can jump up late, doesn't have a long resume. Give me these guys that have played, it's been a three-year starter. I love three-year starters as quarterbacks coming out in the NFL, and Kessler's one of those guys. Well, I've seen him play in person a few times. Here's what I'll say about Cody. First of all, he's a really good kid. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You know, he's he stuck it out. He went through some difficult times there. Um, so in that respect, he's been, you know, mentally tested. I think his ceiling for me is probably a really good backup for a long time. I mean, he could be, I think, a guy that because he's a smart guy and has experience, as you mentioned, could come into a situation and really be, you know, make a good career for himself, I think, as a lifelong backup. I don't think he's an NFL starter, and there's several reasons I say that. One, um, he, not the greatest athlete, first of all. I mean, for a guy who's not extremely big, very very slow afoot and slow in the pocket. I'm not talking about racing a guy. He's just he's not quick laterally to get away from pressure. Um, he doesn't have a strong arm. And he doesn't have a quick release. So that's like a double whammy. His release is not uber quick to make up for the lack of arm strength. But I think he can do it with brains and learning a system. That's why I say if you get him in into a program maybe as a, a number three quarterback and let him work his way up, I think he could be a, a career backup where you can play him for two or three weeks and win football games with him. I just think over right. a 16-game season he would be exposed because of his physical limitations. Okay, fair enough. Um, somehow, some way, though. So why was he able to excel, so to speak, at USC? Uh, it goes back to what I've said about USC quarterbacks and, and why, if you really look at it, for all the success USC's had there over the years, the, the only NFL quarterback that's really been a star star is Carson Palmer. I mean, Pat Hayden won you know a lot of football games at USC and started for the Rams, and he was probably the second-best quarterback. If you look at pro in the pros, I, Amal, said, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know if the last few years USC's kind of been like that. There has there's not that big of a talent gap as maybe they've had in the past uh, at USC. Outside, so, outside though, they're still producing guys. Aguilar's in the pros. Robert Woods is in the pros. Marquise Lee is in the pros. There's still a lot of guys on the outside. Where they where the where the sanctions hurt USC and you and I've talked about this probably off the air as much they weren't getting depth along the lines you know now now they've been lifted you're starting to see the recruiting where they're bringing in these huge linebackers again defensive tackles offensive linemen but they had guys outside and he could throw to them and you know if you go through a lot of the game logs for Kessler um, most of his better games were against teams that were not great defensively i mean you know he struggled in games where he got pressured he struggled in games where they just faced better defensive squads so it's not necessarily a knock on him i'm not saying he was playing with the 2008 usc trojans no way but there was enough there so i think that helped him and again i'm not crushing the guy i think he can have a long nfl career because of his attitude because of his brains um and his mental makeup i just think he is physically limited uh, at the pro okay. level. Okay, um, I'll, I'll buy that. Uh, sliding up, Brandon Doughty out of uh, Western Kentucky. I mean, he just absolutely lit up the uh, record books there for the school and then, you know, um, a leader several years in uh, many quarterbacking categories. Just to give you an idea of what he's done over the last two seasons, 
in, uh, as a junior in 2014, threw for 4,830 yards, 49 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, with all that hype coming into his senior year, went out and threw for 5,055 yards, 48 TDs, nine interceptions. What do you make of that pass-happy system, uh, not going against the best talent? Um, is he is he worth something in the NFL? And if so, what? At 6'2", 213, but so much production. Yeah, the, this is the kind of guy I like to bring in uh, as as a you know, a targeted free agent, you know, where you can give them a $30,000 bonus and, and, and get them in uh, almost the way uh, Tony Romo is because I want to see what I got. And, yeah, he's worth kicking the tires on because of the production. Um, but I'm not – I don't know if I'm using a draft pick on him. So free agent? I think I'd use a – For me, he is. You know, For me, he is just because of that league. You, you got to draft a quarterback every year. He's one of the guys I think I'd do that with. Late. Would Let me see what he shot? can do. I would, I would take a shot with this guy, and you know what? I'd have him there in the roster, see if he can make it. If he makes the roster, and you know what? You end up in a situation like what the Cowboys ended up in last year. You hope to God that the kid's prepared himself mentally, and uh, he gets in there and does something, and then you got yourself a bargain. You got yourself a Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I worry about that league a little bit. Uh, you know, if they make the Big 12 seem a little bit uh, like a defensive league. I mean, that, that league he's playing in, I mean, those scores are like basketball. So it, it always concerns me that is it a product of, you know, he's throwing in what is essentially a seven-on-seven drill. You know, that, 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 yeah. that, that's what concerns me. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. That'd be something that would bother me. Here's another person that I find in that same category, uh, someone I happen to think a lot of, and that's the former Florida Gator, Jeff Driscoll, who went over to Louisiana Tech and surprised a bunch of people. Just things never really worked out and fell into place for him at Florida. Uh, first, he had the battle with Jacoby Brissett, and it was, you know, people uh, up in arms a little bit about him winning it, and then the uh, defense, the, the different offensive coordinator every year, and then an injury. And that, you know, look, just so much bad luck that he had to get out of there. Went over to Louisiana Tech and looked like a pretty – damn good quarterback and maybe somebody you want to give a shot to. So he kind of, for me, falls into the uh, category of a Brandon Dowdy. He's someone maybe I give a shot to late because I, you know, I'm into the, I'm into the whole picking a quarterback every year. I take him more seriously even because he came from a school like Florida. So obviously coming out of high school, they saw something in him that thought he could be successful in the Southeast conference. So that, that gives him a few bonus points with me. And then his play at Louisiana Tech, again, concerned about the competition and the way they play in that conference. But I would be more apt to use a sixth-round on type pick on him because, I, I for me, I see a little something there. Yeah, I think what you do if you're a general manager is you get yourself together a little group of those types, four or five guys, that fit into that little category there where you take them sixth or seventh round or they're a free agent and you try to bring those guys in. And, you know, uh, maybe if you are, if your strategy is to pick a guy every year, um, you get the one that you, you most want on your board if they're available in that sixth or seventh round. And Jeff Driscoll would definitely be one of those guys. It seems like a great time for us to take our one and only break on today's podcast. So we're going to jump into that. When we get back, we're going to hit the top 10 guys here. And uh, we'll both tell you who we think is the number one 
quarterback in this NFL draft. Do we agree with all the pundits? Do we think it's one of the top two guys, or do we have our own? We'll talk about that and more when we get back on the Great Iron Stud Show right after this quick break. Stay with us. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process? for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiation, and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance. No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP Property Management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now.
But I'm piped up. See that boy right up. He piped up. See that girl right up. She piped up. Pipe it 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 up. I walk in the club just to pipe it up. I stand on the stage and I pipe it up. Get a regular till I pipe it up. Buy a bandeau and I pipe it up. All right, we're back here for the final segment of the Gridiron Stud Show here on Monday, April 25th. Uh, we've been going through a list of the quarterbacks that are in this draft, the ranked ones. Yeah, maybe there's someone not on this list that I just read that can come out of nowhere. Um, I guess I could go back and research this, Amal. I wonder where Tom Brady was because, you know, he's the poster boy for the late-round pick. Yeah. But I wonder, you know, what they thought of him coming out, where he – would have ranked on a list like this. So, by the way, let's be honest here. Most quarterbacks that start in the NFL are taken in the third round or earlier. That's just a fact. Uh, very true. I want to say the first two rounds, I think, is what I heard. And let's be honest, man. Um, if Drew Bledsoe doesn't get run through the way that he did, uh, man, we'd never know who really Tom Brady is. He probably would have been a journeyman in this league and have been out in five, six, seven years, maybe. And, that would have been it. You know, maybe eventually would have left the New England Patriots, ended up in, let's say, Cleveland or Oakland, and, you know, we'd never know the Tom Brady that it is now. So part of your success in the National Football League has, um, I don't know, can I dare say luck? Now, he had to be prepared for his moment, Emil, but some of it is just luck, getting sure, the opportunity. Well, what's that old saying? Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely the, the luck, is more, I think, in the where you end up and who you end up playing sure. for and what coach and more so even because in New England, I think eventually a guy like a Belichick would have seen day in, day out if Brady prepared the way he plays, which I'm sure he did, does and did, the talent would have become apparent in, in practice. No different than I use Romo. I mean, Bill Parcell sat there and he gets just there was something with this guy. He kept watching him, watching him, watching him. I'm sure – that would have happened with Brady. Where I think the luck was is that he ended up with the Patriots, because if he gets if he's sure. a sixth round pick of the Cleveland Browns, forget about it. He's done. Yeah, yeah, um, and I would agree. I've I've said that um, many a times. You know, uh, where you end up, the program, the organization you end up with, has uh, quite a bit to do with you know how your how your uh, career turns out. Does definitely means something. All right, let's talk about these 10 guys. Um, Brandon Allen at number 10, Arkansas quarterback. I'll say this, three-year starter, so that fits the little mold there for me. Well, not really three-year starter. Let's say two and a half. Uh, a pro system type, though, you know what I mean, uh, where there's a balance, and it's not him taking a shotgun snap and winging the ball 50 times a game. So that part of it you do like. He is 6'1", 214. Uh, is 6'1", too short to play quarterback in the NFL. No, actually, it's it's more so, and I think I sent you this, or maybe even you read it in that Colin Cowherd book. Um, the 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 height of the quarterback is not really the issue; it's the hand size. Now, obviously, the taller you are, the chances your hands are bigger. That's why most quarterbacks are six four, six five. But they've done they've done actually a lot of uh, analysis on this, and actually, what more correlates to a quarterback's ability to play in the league is hand size, which gives you better ability to control the football. And a guy like Drew Brees, for instance, and Russell Wilson have huge hands for guys their size. So 
that said, he can play just purely based on height. I'm I'm not going to say that's a detriment. I to me, he's a fourth or fifth round type guy. I'd I'd go a little yeah, higher which on is him. What I think this guy has him projected at. Okay, there you go. Number nine, Kevin Hogan. Tell me why he's not more highly thought of, Amo. I mean, 6'2", 217, three-year starter, pro-style offense, did well, team was successful. Why is he nine and not maybe five? Uh, I'll give you the pros. I saw him in person. give you the pros and cons. Obviously, won a lot of football games. Winning his quarterback at Stanford, more than luck. So he's a leader. Uh, believe it or not, a very good athlete. The guy, the guy's surprisingly fast for a quarterback um, his size. Uh, decent arm, good arm. Where I, with things I don't like about Hogan at Stanford is that they were a ground and pound type team, so a lot of his ability to be successful was based off play action and the fact that they had dominated the line of scrimmage. He isn't a guy at this point. I'm not saying he can't become that. That can go out and just say, well, okay, we're you know it's an NFL team. They're going to run it 17 times for 55 yards, and you're going to go out and throw 35 passes and win the game. Um, well, he's he not that guy. Well, no, but what I, what I was going to go is now looking at him in person. One thing I think I told you when I was at the stadium, I happened to be in the end zone, so I saw this. One thing I noticed, and what drove me nuts that day as a USC fan, is he was taking me right to the football. I couldn't believe USC's defensive backs. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm watching him as he's going back in his drop, and, I, and I'm telling my wife where the ball's going to go. <laughs> so, you know, he, he when I watched him, he stared down a lot of receivers. I think it's more of a function of the type of offense that they run. It's not maybe. a drop back, and yeah, we're going to read all these coverages. Um, we're going to move guys based off of what we've done up front. I think that's really yeah. Really well, good. I mean, and, that, and you would know. I'm just telling you. I didn't see a lot of. I didn't see a guy that showed me, and that doesn't mean he can't. He went to Stanford, a guy that was going through progressions and stuff like that. So I think he's definitely um, somebody I'd look at maybe in the third round. I don't know what they have him at. I mean, to me, if I can get Kevin Hogan in the third round, I'm okay with that. I I, I think there's something there. I'm just not sure it's higher than where they have him right now. Yeah, there's a chance he ends up in a pretty good franchise, and there would therein lies some of what I talk about. Guy could get picked in the third or fourth round, end up in a good franchise, fall into a good situation, and has a much better career than the top two guys they're talking about getting picked in this uh, NFL draft. Well, let me say up. this. Let me say this out? as a fan. He's a better quarterback? No. Let me say this as a fan. If if my team, the Cowboys, uh, passes quarterback the first two rounds and they decide to go defense, I'm perfectly fine with getting him in the third round. I mean, I think there's something there, and I think that might be a decent situation for him because I definitely see a guy that is smart and a leader, but probably two or three years, you know, being the backup quarterback wouldn't be a bad thing for a Kevin Hogan. Yeah, uh, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the next prospect, Jacoby Brissett. Um, Didn't see enough of him. I know there's not enough of a long history for me. I would would have liked to have seen him in in college football a little bit more. But 6'3", 231, uh, decent athlete, can break tackles, can keep a play alive. There's enough that's intriguing there. No one, you know, he's a projected third through fifth rounder. I would, you know, probably think more of a fifth rounder on this, fourth, fifth rounder. Um, but not a whole lot for me to share on on Brissett. 
No, I'm with you there. I will say this. Uh, you know, for me, uh, I'm putting a Hogan above him. So, uh, and I might, I might do the same. Cardell Jones, number seven. This has a lot to do with him being at Ohio State, in, in my opinion. Not enough of a resume for me. I already told you what uh, a big part of my recipe is for a picking an NFL quarterback, and he just doesn't have that resume. I wanted to see more. He had that great time filling in and taking the uh, Buckeyes all the way to the championship, and he comes back this year and doesn't really hold on to the job. You know, ends up losing it to Barrett and getting it back, and there was a whole back and forth there. Um, they love the measurable, 6'5", 253, and, you know, a hose for an arm. But they're talking second through third rounder, and I'm thinking uh, he'd be more third through fifth, if you ask me. Not interested in him as far as uh, drafting him. Didn't see enough. Not to, not not using the, what I still consider premium picks those first five rounds. Uh, again, Hogan would be above him for me. So, so if I'm looking at your list, I'm not looking at your list. I'm just listening to you and commenting. I've got Hogan all the way up to number seven on my list because if you're telling me that these guys are ahead of him, I definitely put him ahead of Cardell Jones based on what he did in college. Yeah, this next one bugs me. I don't. I'm, I kind of. It's a head scratcher for me. Maybe you can help me out with it. Help, maybe you can help out the audience. Dak Prescott's number six on this list, a projected second to third rounder. 6'2", 226, very good athlete, showed this year and under, uh, you know, maligned last year for his throwing ability, came out this year and definitely showed it, can, can certainly take off with the football. Why is he a second? Through, why is he not up in this top four guys? Dak Prescott's got, let's just give you the quick resume. Um, Let's call him a two-and-a-half-year starter. Last two years, completed 60, uh, roughly 65% of his passes, threw for 3,000-plus last two years, 27-11 and 11 his junior year, 29-5 and 5 his senior year as a Heisman Trophy ca- candidate. What's the deal? Uh, I'm going to tell you something. That list, for whatever it's worth, from what I've read, and I know personally um, – my team is very high on him. He is not getting past the top of the third round, if not late second. He, he, I think he's going to be a surprise and get picked earlier than people suspect. So I'm not real – I mean, um, he's a guy for me. I'd put him right up there with with, with a Connor Cook as either the four or five. I think those two guys – and I'm kind of jumping the gun because I know he's coming up – I like what they did in college. I like what what Prescott did against top competition. Um, I think he's a leader. I think he's got, like you said, physical skills. He's an athlete. He showed he could throw the ball. Um, He's a guy I really like, which is one of the reasons, by the way, at a a more macro level, I was not real high on teams that gave up so much to go move up and get a quarterback this year because I'm not sure there's as much. Where you are. Yeah, I'm not sure there's as much separation as teams are making out. I think what happens is a lot of this talk gets like a snowball rolling down the hill. A couple people subscribe to the theory that, hey, Carson Wentz, you see this guy? He's really good. And, you know, they they coach him at the Senior Bowl. And then all of a sudden, everybody starts – it's groupthink. And don't think just because these guys are smart people that run NFL teams that they don't like the rest of us in this world. We all get caught up in this sometimes. Group think. In other words, well, you know, the Patriots said Carson Wentz is pretty good, and the next thing, Cowboys said he's pretty good, and then before you know it, a guy who probably 
in December was a second, late second round draft pick because of his success at North Dakota State. He's going to go second in the draft. So I, 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 I'm I think so crazy as to say this. If my team, all right, team I like, team I follow, which I don't really have one, but if I did, and they decided somewhere between pick 20 or 25 in the first round that they took a Dak Prescott, I would not be upset at all at that. I wouldn't. Hell no. Um, I mean, listen, I like yeah, I like this player. I am. You've got this guy. No, I agree with you. Round, I would not be upset. No, I like this player. I'm I'm secretly rooting for him to end up as one of the couple guys I've targeted in my mind, my mental, you know, as a fan of who I would like to see my team get as a, as a quarterback prospect. And I like this guy. I like him a lot. So you and I are on the same page with him. Well, now here then is what kind of pisses me off. Um, on this particular list, and I'm not saying that this is how it is on all lists, but pretty much most of the lists that I've seen or heard uh, leading up to this draft, this guy is ahead of the guy we just talked about, and that's Christian Hackenberg from Penn State. Why? Is it 6'4", 234? Is it Penn State? What is the deal? Why? I've watched um, it several times, mostly out of um, I'm wanting to find out what all the hype is about and just the decision-making. Another one of those things that's really huge for me just is not there. And you can make all the excuses in the world that you want about his offensive line, and then there was a new coach, and da-da-da, this, that, and the other. Hey, look, a bunch of these other quarterbacks have had to overcome some type of adversity in getting to where they wanted to go and getting to the end of their college football career. Why are we making all these excuses for Hackenberg, and why is he ranked ahead of a Dak Prescott who accomplished quite a bit more in his college football career? Well, that's a big, long question, so let's address it in several parts. First, I don't. I would have Prescott ahead of Hackenberg. That said, I like Hackenberg more than you do, and I don't know if it's necessarily making excuses, but you know, you play defense, so as the hitter, I don't know. It might, maybe you're having a hard time understanding this, but I think quarterbacks become almost like boxers that take too many punches. Once you start getting hit perpetually, and you can see this inside of a football game, you can take an Aaron Rodgers. You start sacking Aaron Rodgers eight, nine times. He's going to start making mistakes that Aaron Rodgers doesn't make. Now, you take a kid like Hackenberg, who has used his last two years at Penn State as basically a pinata if you watch Penn State games. I mean, their offensive line was as bad as I've seen at a major college in a long time. He was getting hit any play that took more than three seconds or two and a half seconds to develop, you could best believe he was getting hit or running for his life. You just develop bad habits. I think what people see with a kid like this is when he was coached properly by an NFL caliber coach in O'Brien and, you know, at least protected somewhat, his freshman year, if he kept that trajectory, and most, most scouts would tell you, he was a, a top five pick. Now, he didn't, of course, and that all the things you said are true, he showed some poor decision-making, but I think people see the talent that, that's buried there, and they say, we can fix him. Now, am I going to put him ahead of Prescott, who doesn't need as much fixing? No, I'm not going to do that because, you know, Prescott has shown good decision-making ability and has won big football games in the SEC, something, you know, Penn State was not winning a lot of big games in the Big Ten. Okay, so I'm with you on the ranking, but I think there is something there with Hackenberg, for me, I'm not going above the third round with him. I think he's if you Cardell go above Jones the third, to me. that's he, what he is. Maybe, to me. He's maybe, Jones. yeah. Uh, that's that's what he is. But these guys are saying first through third round. You pick this kid in the first round, you're pretty much asking yourself for trouble. I don't think that we're gonna have to see that happen. 
Third through fifth, if you ask me. That'd be my grade on this kid. Okay, he was, he was good as a freshman, if you're saying so. He was a sub-60% passer, which is allowable as a freshman. 20 and 10, I guess that's enough to wet your whistle. The rest just didn't happen. And I can't go off of the potential of an 18 or 19-year-old and say, well, this would have that. I'm not going to play that game. You know, you're just really going to have to show me. And to, for you to do that. Well, we have this, listen, um, we have the same grade on the player. I said you can't get this kid, you know, if you go above the third round, if you take him even in the second round, I, I, I think you're, you're doing yourself and him a disservice because I don't think he'll be ready to play if he is ever ready to play for at least two years because of the mistakes and habits – that he got into at Penn State are not going to go away that easily because he's going to get hit in the NFL. The windows are, are tighter, um, so he's going to have to have a lot of that stuff fixed, and that's not going to be an overnight fix because of the system he played in and the situation he was in at Penn State. So we have the same grade on him. Okay. Um, here's a guy who, in my mind, is kind of battling for the top quarterback in this draft to me. He's number four on this list, and that is – Connor Cook, and all right, you're going to want to know why. First of all, again, meets, meets that criteria for me, three-year starter um, in college. Played in um, an NFL-type conference, and team had a tremendous amount of success, let's say, because for all the noise made about the two big-name coaches in the Big Ten last year, the winner of the conference, many people, you know, Ten years from now, people will answer this question wrong. But who won the Big Ten in 2015? It was this team. Michigan State, led by this quarterback, Connor Cook, 6'4", 220 pounds. Everyone wants that. That's ideal. It's prototypical. And uh, has been a consistent performer. Not just a three-year starter, but a consistent performer. Uh, 2,700 yards as a sophomore, 3,200 yards as a junior, 3,100 yards as a senior um, 22 and 6, 24 and 8, 24 and 7. If you've got one concern, it's the below 60% completion rate, which, you know, in this day and age is a bubble screens and uh, jet sweeps that are passes. Tough for people to understand. That's not a part of the Michigan State offense, nor is it part of any NFL offense. Very few jet sweeps that I've seen. So I think there's a guy that's pro ready, and it kind of makes me think he might be the best guy in this draft quarterback wise which again blows me away while teams like if the Rams you see, and the Eagles if you see my team take him or Dak Prescott you will hear the the, the, the me yelling with glee <laughs> all the way down in South Florida I want I so agree with you on this player um I've seen a lot of Michigan State games like many of the audience have because they've been good so they've been on national TV a lot and in some big games I I don't get the whole thing with with Goff being one and this guy being four. I mean, I've seen enough Cal football because I'm a USC fan to tell you that when we get to Goff, you know, I'm I'm less sure of Goff than I am this guy. I mean, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think yeah, this guy's um, going to be a very good NFL quarterback. Yeah, it's it's that's just my feeling, and I'm I'm anxious to see who gets him. Because as we said, that's a big part of it too. Uh, you know, you go to the right organization, you have a chance to flourish. So I'm uh, I'm a little uh, anxious to see where he ends up. His uh, career is one that I'm going to follow. He reminds me, Chad. You know, who he reminds me of the Derek Carr pick. Derek Carr was a very yeah. very good college quarterback. Kind of flew under the radar, and you know now you look. He's probably having I I would probably say as much success success of anybody in that class. 
if, if I'm if I'm remembering the class correctly. I mean, is, even wasn't he in the same class as Blake Bortles? Uh, I want to say yes. Well, you take Derek Carr right now over Blake Bortles at this point, wouldn't you? Sure. And a lot of that, you know, again, has to do with where you ended up. Now, listen, I'm saying that saying, hey, you know, Carr ended up with the Raiders, who've been a toilet. But this Kurt Raiders regime, um, you know, administration, whatever, is doing a good job of piecing things together, getting a running back, getting a reliable wide receiver, starting to do some things on defense. Right. And uh, Jacksonville, eh. Well, not so much, or at least those things haven't worked out. Give me your opinion on this next one. I'm a little bit baffled, Amol, and we're going to get to the other guy. But at number three, why Paxton Lynch behind Carson Wentz? Tell me why. I mean, Paxton Lynch. Another, six, listen, two, another three, guy four, that all the private work. Ability. Help me. I don't get it. Listen, all the all the private workouts that you read about the teams have had with Lynch, they've come away liking the player. Um, he was highly productive at Memphis, played a decent, you know, brand of football there. I mean, not not a bad conference. There's some teams that actually play some defense once in a while there. It's not like he was in, in a yeah, and not walking bad. out every not walking out every week, Emil, with uh, better talent than who they're lining up against. Not not it's not that situation. You know where he opened my eyes when they went when they went and won that game against Mississippi. Hmm. Because sure. Mississippi, you've you've seen Mississippi play. I mean, I don't know what they're doing down there. That's a whole other show. But they've been bringing mm-hmm. in some NFL talent down there like crazy the last two or three years. So he went there. You know, he won that game. He opened my eyes. He's another guy that I have higher than most of these experts. You know, Paxton Lynch, uh, you know, Cook and, and, and Prescott for me, I have higher than the top two guys in the draft. Now, I don't do it for a living. Yeah, not so. only did he win that game, Emil, uh, he went and performed. 39 of 53, 384 yards, three touchdowns. Performed. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, but listen, you and I are pro scouts, so, you know, the audience can snicker and, you know, maybe we'll be wrong. But I, I have a feeling this is one of those years where everybody kind of missed. They got caught up with, like I said, the whole group think on the next two guys because I think the three guys we've covered – just now, um, all have a chance to be a lot better than the first two guys. Yeah. Um, we look, we're seeing eye-to-eye on this thing. So let's talk about these top two guys. On this list, you've got Jared Goff as number two, Carson Wentz is number one. Amy, let me just come back right now. I don't care who, how people feel about it. I just, I just think this Carson Wentz is oversold. Emil, I'm not, I'm not sold on this guy. I just don't understand why this is being pushed quite so hard. I just don't understand it. I don't think there's enough of a resume there. Yes, he had a uh, pretty good junior season. The team was successful. Like I've been saying, they were successful before he got there. Um, This senior year uh, had some injuries and ended up playing half a year, you know, seven games, you know, decent numbers, obviously 17 and four. I guess if you want to Project that out, 38 and 6, which is great. That's awesome. But uh, why are we just so anxious to push this guy to the best player in the draft? Well, let me draw the, the, the parallel for you, the analogy I used to. Do you remember back when, when the old ball coach was at Florida and, and they, were, they were throwing up all kinds of offensive numbers, and yet every quarterback that came out of there really didn't do much in the league, Okay. 
And then right. next you had U.S. Next USC was that. You know, they had guys throwing up all kinds of numbers. But other than Carson Palmer, not doing much in the league. And I used to say to you, and I, I'm sure you concurred when we used to talk, is they just had better talent around them. So what was happening is the quarterback was kind of just getting dragged along. He was throwing the guys in wide open windows that were running free and clear. Well, I kind of feel Wentz is, is that kind of guy because people forget. They'll say, oh, yeah, but he's a one double A player. That's true. But he played on a team that's won something like five straight one double A national championships. So he's been playing most of his games with better talent. That's what I'm thinking. Definitely yeah, that's, what that's I'm the, definitely what I'm thinking. And they're just better than everyone that's there. Now listen, I'm let me just say this. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is not a good quarterback. I just don't think he's a first or second pick in the draft. I don't think he's a top five guy in the draft. And I'll say it again, if he came out last year, these guys both Goff and Wentz would not be top 10 or 15 guys. They'd be bottom of the uh, first round type guys, and that's what they are, you ask me. But here we are. Um, guys well, yeah, this, this, this whole Wentz thing got completely – this got out of control, the Wentz thing. I mean, it's, it, it went nuts this year. It, it re, they really did with that. I mean, this, the whole thing went crazy. Um, people just ran with it. He, he, maybe he'll prove us wrong. I mean, he, you know, he seems like a good kid, and I'm sure he's a good leader – in that, you know, you're the quarterback on a, on a winning program. But I'm very concerned that they didn't play a lot of games there where they just had better players. Yeah. Um, and, uh, look, that, it's going to be hard for him to prove us wrong considering where they're possibly talking about taking him. If he's not number one, he's going to end up being number two, and that's going to be a bit of a problem for them. Jared Goff, uh, like the guy – and he is maybe uh, – look, I'm going to stick with, I think, Cook being the best quarterback, best NFL quarterback, let's say, in this draft. And and then I'd put Goff a close second. only thing that concerns me is that it was a little bit of a pass-happy offense. And, you know, can you adapt to the balance of the NFL if you end up at one of these franchises where um, that is their aim? You know, if you end up in something like, you know, uh, what Peyton Manning played in or – you know, with Tom Brady's in, then, yeah, maybe you could have your way at it. But there's only a couple of places where you do that. Um, if you end up in a place that's balanced or you got a running back, like let's say you go to Los Angeles and your primary thing is to, is to feed the guy back there, the beast back there, then then what do you do? Yeah, you know, you know what? And I'm not just saying this um, because of this year. I, for some reason – I never got on this train, even back in 2014 when you know he was at Cal, not just last season. Um, I've watched enough Cal that I think a lot of the numbers they put up were a product of what they were doing out there, some decent talent on the outside. I'm not saying he's not a guy worth drafting probably in the late first round, as you said, but mm-hmm. I'm just I'm not sold on that. I don't like that whole where they come from, that those offenses where we'll throw the ball 70 times if we have to. I'm sorry. Well, the Rams have a guy there that came from that in Case Keenum, and they don't want to give him much of a chance. So here's Jared Goff with the same deal. So uh, we talked about that. The other thing is he's got is he's got to get bigger. I mean, I don't know if you've seen this guy, but if he's if he plans on playing in the NFL with this current body makeup, he's he's gonna get hurt. <laughs> he needs he needs yeah. to get in the weight room. 
Well, yeah. Uh, well, that NFL draft's coming up on Thursday. Uh, one of those two guys are going to be the top guys. I guess that provides all the little drama for us. I'm anxious, though, to see where a number of other, these other guys are going to end up. So that's the way that it goes. Listen, we appreciate you all listening to us on the show today. Thank you for making us a top-rated show for Emil Calamino. I'm Chad. Thanks for listening to us. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironSuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironSuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. 